This is the Next Level Running Podcast, brought to you by the expert coaches at Run Doyen, helping runners of all levels crush their goals on race day by matching you with the perfect coach or training plan. Welcome to the Next Level Running Podcast. I'm your host, David Jankowski, here to kick off this new podcast. To get things started, we wanted to begin with a topic that comes to us coaches at Rundoyan fairly often, which is how do I recover or how do I get back after my marathon? I think this is a question not only for those of you who are currently running marathons or have previously run marathons, but to those of you who think a marathon may ever be on the horizon, uh, whether you're looking at your Boston qualifier, your trials qualifier, or just getting one in. It's good to know how to recover, and I think a lot of these tips and tricks can be extended to the shorter races as well. In fact, I know they can. So hopefully this will be a good introduction to what this podcast brings and to to some good ideas for how you can best recover and prepare yourself for races. So now, just before we hop into things, a quick bit of housekeeping items. As a reminder to those of you who don't know already, This is a monthly podcast that will come out on the 26th of each month. In these podcasts, I'll be joined by an expert from the Run Doyen coaching staff to discuss common questions that we get as coaches, but two that we've had as athletes. We'll cover a wide array of training, racing, recovery, and many other topics to help improve your running, things that you can immediately implement to make sure that you're getting the most out of your training and can continue to move toward your goals. With that, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any, and especially in case we release bonus material. But with that, let's hop into this week's conversation. To do that, I'm joined by one of the coaches at Rundoyen, Lindsay Flanagan, who's actually a 229 marathoner and is just coming off the London Marathon this year. Lindsay, thanks for joining me here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on today. Yeah, me too. And I think this is this is appropriate timing for you as well to talk about marathon recovery, seeing as you just finished London, what, eight days ago. Yeah, it is actually perfect timing. Uh, London Marathon was on October 4th and what, today's the, so yeah, we're about nine days post-marathon. So this falls at a great time. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. perfect for that. So I guess looking into that, maybe a good place to start is... How how did you recover from your marathon? How are you recovering? What are some of the tips that you've you've been doing right now? Yeah, so you know, each marathon I've done, uh, London was number eleven actually, which is kind of crazy. But the recovery kind of has looked a bit different for each of them. But the same thing that kind of is pretty consistent is I always take at least a week off. And um, I had London wasn't you know, my greatest race. And I ended up having a bit of an injury actually in the middle of the race. So, um, I think this recovery is going to take a bit longer We're you know, we're nine days post marathon and I'm, I'm still not going to be able to run probably for another week or two. So, um, you know, it kind of depends on how much you beat your body up, but I, I, my body took a pretty good beating during that race. So instead of the standard one week, I think this is going to look more like two to three weeks. And is is that pretty typical for how you approach recovery with, for your athletes too? Is about a week afterward. 
Yes. I, I, I think that's the hardest thing for most people to do is mm-hmm. kind of accept that because you're on this high after a race and you're like, okay, let's just get right into the next one. Like I want to get after it. And I totally get that because, you know, I've been there too, but I've also made the mistake of not taking that break. And then, you know, once the high wears off about two weeks later, you're like, man, I really wish I would have taken that downtime. So I always do at least one week of rest for my athletes. And then the second week is it's kind of like active recovery. You know, you might be running every other day, maybe four times that week, but they're really short. It's just to like, honestly, it's just to kind of keep everybody sane because in reality you still need that, that second week of rest, but everyone's kind of itching to go. So I think, um, one week off and then one week of just kind of easing back in is the perfect way to do it. Yeah. And you know, that's interesting because I I was going to push back on you a little bit. It sounds like we actually have a fairly similar plan because usually I, I lean toward two weeks for myself and with my athletes and sometimes a yes. little longer, but that second week, like you said, tends to be active recovery where I add in some cross training. If you feel mm-hmm. like you want to jog some light jogging, but nothing that's like real training in exactly. the sense that like really like marathon prep or like a new, a new s- segment of training, but it sounds like we're pretty much on the same page there. And that's, yeah, I think that's really good. Just standard advice is that first week, pretty much nothing some light walking, stuff like that. And then that second week, adding in some active recovery types of types of exercises. Yeah, exactly. And if I could get everyone to take two weeks that I feel like that would be just amazing, but it seems like nobody these days wants to commit to the two full weeks of rest. And I'm like, I do it all the time. Like I I even take the two weeks, like you're going to be fine. If you take the two weeks, you're actually going to probably be better in the long run. But again, I think we all just get antsy and especially this time of year, you know, there's nothing really going on and people just need that mental release of the the jogging every day. Right. Well, and I think that brings up a really good point too. something that I get from a lot of my athletes. And I know a lot of my former teammates have said this too, which is you feel like you're losing fitness during that, mm-hmm. that time off. How do you help people cope with, with that concern? Yeah. You know, I always say, I think like I had, I've had like so many coaches tell me, you know, in the past that you could sit on the couch for two weeks doing nothing and you're not going to lose any of your fitness. And it's something that I've heard over and over again. And then when you try and tell somebody else, it's funny because then they're like, no, no, that's not the way it is. And I'm like, no, but it is like you have this incredible body of work that you've put in for, you know, the entire year that, yeah, you know, when you start running again, you're going to be sore, you're going to feel sluggish and, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not going to feel great for about two weeks, but that fitness is going to come back pretty quickly. You know, that's, that's really not going anywhere. So I always say if you can actually get fitter after your marathon, if you take the time to absorb the race and, you know, all that, you know, work that went into that race, it's just about the recovering the right way. Speaking on recovering the right way. So obviously it's more than just taking time off or just spinning the legs on a, on a recumbent bike or something like that. Mm-hmm. What are some of the components of recovering the right way? And maybe to contextualize that, I like to break up post-marathon recovery into easier chunks. So first of all, like the immediate, immediately following the race, those first couple hours, that window there, because I think there's some very specific things you can do then. Then mm-hmm. there's the, the next 24 hours after that. So the evening after the race and the next day. And then the weeks following in weekly chunks. So maybe mm-hmm. we could just start with that immediately. You've crossed the line. You've got about a minute. You've 
taking your breath, what do you do in the next couple hours to set yourself up to start recovering the right way? Yeah, I think it's, you know, after a marathon, a lot of times, you know, you cross the line and you're just like, you're not feeling great. I mean, maybe you're like really happy that you finished, but in general, like your stomach kind of hurts. You're not ready to like eat or drink anything right away. But I think really the thing that you could do to jumpstart the recovery is get in some sort of fluid and some sort of food really within that first hour. And I know mm-hmm. it can be hard, but yeah, I remember crossing the finish line in Chicago uh, last year when I ran 228 and I felt sick and I couldn't really eat, but I just, for, like we were brought into the post-athlete, the athlete recovery area. And, you know, I was like, all right, I need to eat, but I'm not feeling it. And I think the first thing I had was like two cookies, which, you know, if it, it, it doesn't really matter what it is. It's like, just start getting something back to replenish that glycogen and get some fluids in. And, you know, it's easy to go straight for the beer because it's right there and you want to celebrate. But if you can get in those, you know, some sort of water or electrolyte, you know, and you can also have that beer as well. But I think in that first couple hours, that's the best thing you can do to kind of start the recovery. Absolutely. I I agree with you that the, the eating and making sure you're refueling and rehydrating is probably your first priority. You've mm-hmm. gone through all those stores of, of carbs and you're probably dehydrated as heck, no matter how yeah. good you fueled during the race. Mm-hmm. And so I, I agree with you. That's that's one of the big things I push too is, you know, make sure to grab the fruit, grab something like that mm-hmm. that has some sugar content to it as well. And maybe sports drinks if you can get them because then you get the mix of the hydration plus the electrolytes and things like that as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with you immediately after the race. Nutrition is probably one of the top things, if not the top thing to do. Another mm-hmm. thing I found that's really helpful for me and a lot of my athletes as well is making sure you stay moving right after you yes. finish. So don't just go lay down on the ground or go sit down because then you tend to cramp up. Do you, do you get that mm-hmm. same? Is that similar? Yeah. I've actually, yeah, like anytime I've ever, you know, finished, I feel like obviously you're not going to do a cool down after a marathon, or at least I never have. (laughs) And I haven't seen anybody actually do that, but I think it is. It's so important to keep walking. And as much as you just want to take a seat, I don't really, I don't really think you're going to be able to stand up after that. So I think keeping the blood moving, and obviously you don't need to be walking like miles, but even if Mm -hmm. it's just the walk back to the hotel or the walk somewhere, like try and keep moving for that first, you know, maybe 15 minutes even just to like not put your body in that shock of immediately sitting down and cramping up. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Just something to kind of flush the legs a little bit, even if it's just that light walk to, you know, wherever, to wherever your, your next point of transportation is and trying not to, to take long periods of being seated or laying down immediately after the race. I mean, it's going to happen. (laughs) It's going to happen eventually. Yes. But I agree. Yeah. Just don't sit right away. What do you feel about – so I've, I've also had a lot of people ask me about like flushing their legs in the sense where you like lay on your back and, and elevate your legs in the air. Is that something that you've seen or, or found success with? You know, that's nothing – I've never really done that right mm-hmm. after the race. That's actually kind of something I would do the day before. Um, okay. You kind of put your legs up on the wall and flush out your legs. But I've never actually tried that afterwards. But – you know, so I can't really say if it helps or not. But one thing I will say is I have seen athletes like immediately go into the uh, massage kind of area. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, I found that actually not to be helpful because you've just put your body through so much that the last thing you need is like this deep massage after the race. And I'm all for a massage, but I would say wait at least three days um, until you do that because you just don't really need any more like digging into your muscles after the race. 
I, I agree with you 100% there. And I think three days mm-hmm. is, a, is, a, is a perfect kind of marker when you start considering massage again. It's a great thing for, mm-hmm. for recovery. But like you mm-hmm. said, there's so much muscle degradation and so much junk in your legs at that point. Oftentimes, you can end up hurting your recovery if you jump into that massage too early, especially like a deep tissue, tissue massage. And yeah. so while it might feel good in the moment, I agree with you. It's, it's better to walk it out, flush out your legs that way, go, go grab some food. And get ready for an evening with your buddies where then you go have your beer and get your recovery drink on, but maybe hold off on that massage. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you don't need that in the addition to the beating you just took. So (laughs) yeah, Yeah, you you beat yourself up enough. Not another, you don't need to go throw any more punches in those quads. No. (laughs) Okay. So we've got those bits covered. Another thing that comes up often that, that people talk about is either ice baths or contrast uh showering or contrast bathing uh and Mm -hmm. by that of course i mean the hot cold mix going from hot bath to cold bath or from a warm shower to a cool shower just kind of flushing the junk out again so this idea of vasoconstriction and vasodilation with the hot and cold that opens up your veins and closes your veins and helps push things through have you had any experience with with those types of recovery techniques in that first hour window after the race and and how do you feel about ice bath and then to contrast showering or contrast bathing. Yeah. I mean, I, I are something I even incorporate into my training, you know, during marathon training. Um, and maybe, you know, I've done it before the day, you know, right. It, maybe not immediately after the race, mm-hmm. but a couple hours later, I've done the ice bath. And I really do think it does help to get rid of that. Some of that just like immediate soreness that you're feeling. Um, I've never tried the, the hot cold just because I just associate the hot with a lot of, you're already so inflamed that I just don't know if getting into a hot bath, like even doing the contrast is, is something that I would recommend, but I don't know if that, have you tried that before the contrast? You know, I've, I've done it before. I like the idea of it because it sounds like it's something right. Vasoconstriction, Mm -hmm. vasodilation, all these words, but you know, I haven't really noticed much of a difference when I've done it myself and it's Mm -hmm. not something I've ever recommended to someone because I'm just not, it's like I said, I haven't noticed much difference myself and I had, I don't have many former teammates or, or former people who I've run with who've, who've had a lot of success with it. But that's also how I feel about ice baths. If, if it's Mm -hmm. something that you feel like's worked for you in the past, go for it. But everything I've read on it and everything I've experienced with it, uh, personally as an athlete is it's kind of inconclusive on whether or not Mm -hmm. it does much for recovery. And so if it gives you that uh, placebo effect, or if it actually does something, I don't know, go ahead and do it. But it, it's not something that I'm like super, super juiced on. Like go yeah. hop in the ice. First of all, it's super uncomfortable. I was just uncomfortable for who knows how long I was running. I don't want to go do it again. Uh, and then too, I'm, personally, I'm not convinced on the, the benefits of ice bath, but I know there's, there's a lot to be said on that. We could probably do a whole podcast on, <laughs> on ice baths. Yeah. And I think it does kind of what I found. It does come down to, I think it it might just be all mental, but again, Mm -hmm. if it makes you feel good and you think it's helping, it's not going to hurt, but Mm -hmm. so, you know, if you want to jump in the ice bath, it's really not, not a big deal. Yeah. And I think that's, that's key is it's, it's certainly not going to hurt you as long as you don't, Mm -mm. as long as you don't put it to like (laughs) negative 10 Fahrenheit and go freeze your legs and burn yourself. Yeah, exactly. Just a 10 minute, 10 minutes in the ice. Let's just call it at that. Yep, (laughs) exactly. Make sure nice and cold, but not, not like, yeah, just ice water, not pure ice. Um, but yeah, so we, then we've got kind of that first window. So now we're looking Mm -hmm. at nutrition, hydration, avoid massage possibly hop in that ice bath and make sure you keep moving. 
So that's that Mm -hmm. first little window after the race. Now we're moving on to the evening. What Mm -hmm. types of things do you recommend in the evening and that night of to, to kind of set yourself up for good recovery moving, moving forward? Yeah, I think, you know, you should definitely go out, celebrate, have fun with your friends. But then, you know, when it's all said and done, like you've just, you've probably been up since three in the morning, you know, for these early start times, getting in your corral, like just making sure that you get enough sleep is so important. And, you know, it is really hard to sleep after a marathon I found because you're, you're so wound up and you're just excited. And, but I think even if it just means, even if you're not sleeping, but just like getting in bed and laying there and making sure you're, you know, resting that way, it's just so important. And it's, it is sleep is like one of the easiest things you can do to just jumpstart your recovery and kind of slowly start feeling a little bit better. I I agree. And that's kind of what I was alluding to, too, which you probably picked up on, which is, I think, the night after that race is to make sure you get a really good sleep in, go to bed a little bit Mm -hmm. early and and just let yourself sleep in if if at all possible. I know sometimes people got to go run and catch a flight the next morning or or even Mm -hmm. two. Uh, I know some crazy people who like to go to work the day after, but, uh, (laughs) but, uh, Mm. you know, if if you have the, the, uh, the ability to sleep in, go ahead, just sleep until you can't sleep anymore. Just let your body go through all that. You know, you you went through a lot of physical trauma in that race and allow your Mm -hmm. body to go recover and, and let that go. Other than that too, I think, you know, the, the way that you eat the night after is, is important too. And I think grabbing a lot of, not, not a ton, but grabbing some protein, uh, whatever mm-hmm. that might be. If you eat meat, go grab a, a have a steak or something like that that evening and try to do a good mix. What I found that's helpful is about three to one uh, carbohydrates to proteins mm-hmm. uh, ratio. If you count that, I know some people don't. So, But for me, that's steak and potatoes kind of thing. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, maybe a beer that gets you some good carbohydrates. And uh, if it's a dark beer, it's supposed to be a good recovery drink right up there with chocolate milk. So that's an option too. Is there anything specific that you eat the the evening after a race? Yeah, I feel like a lot of times, like after all of the like sugary drinks and stuff I've taken during the race, I'm like, I really am always craving protein and salt. So that really does typically look like some sort of like burger, beer and some sort of side, which, you yeah. know, I think is really the perfect recovery. It really is. And I always leave satisfied. And then I can normally go to have like a very good night's rest after that. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the perfect setup mm-hmm. for for that good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so then we've got that first kind of day out of control, or out of, well, hopefully in control. <laughs> in control, very yeah. in control. <laughs> we've got the day out of the way, in control. We're on our way to good recovery now. Uh, usually another thing I like to do, most of my marathons have been in places like you were recently in London, where you went and traveled mm-hmm. to someplace new. Maybe it's not London, but even someplace new in the States. And so the day after, one thing I find that's helpful for recovery is doing kind of a walk of the city, like a city tour with friends Absolutely. or family or something. Because uh, one, that helps you flush out the legs. And then two, mentally, it helps you kind of be more excited about this walk because you're mm-hmm. going to go see some fun things, see some different things, hang out with people you want to be around. And that way you don't think about, you know, the mar- marathon niggles that you're going to have in your legs. Do you have anything like that that you try to do after the race? 
Yeah, it's it's funny. I typically um, try and take a little vacation after a marathon just because it's the perfect time. So again, like you said, a lot of times you find yourself in a different city. And so kind of I'll plan my vacation around that. But it is like the next day, it's it's about getting up and you got to get the blood moving mm-hmm. a little bit. As much as you just want to sit and watch TV all day, that you're just not going to feel good if you do that. So even getting up, like you said, plan something fun that involves walking around even just a little bit. And so I pretty much always the next day take some sort of walk. You know, I don't obviously like track how far it is, but you know, if you're walking, spend a couple hours walking around the city, it is, it's the perfect way. Mentally, you're happy. You're doing something, you know, good and fun. and, And then your body always thanks you just for really just kind of flushing things out. And I think you had a, a really good point in there, which is don't get too concerned about how long or how far you walked. Just kind of let your body tell you what's good. Mm-hmm. In, enjoy that experience, whatever it is, a walk, a hike. And maybe maybe even you don't have the ability to go do that. Maybe you did stay at home and maybe you've got work. Go mm-hmm. hop on the go hop on like the bike and really lightly spin is another thing that I've done before. But nothing where it's like a workout where you're worried about heart rate or distance no. or time. <laughs> Just kind of hop on and let your legs move and kind of flush out everything that's in there. I like to do something like that, especially the day immediately following the race. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm much more flexible after that in that first week, kind of like you said, where it's a week off. Uh, just kind of doing things as you feel like it and only as long as your body's like, okay, I'm good with this. Is that, exactly. Is that something you tend to do as well? Yeah. And I think just, you know, being an athlete, like you do still crave some sort of movement, even when you're on your break. So again, like I I'll just plan, you know, activities and I I will still get some sort of walking, obviously no running for that first week, but some sort of activity in like hiking, walking, just doing things in the city. But again, I think it's so important just to stay somewhat active just so, you know, again, blood flow recovery, it's all, it's all really good. Yeah. You know, I've had a I've had a handful of athletes come to me who really like to still run that first week after. They mm-hmm. usually do lighter runs, and that's what I would suggest is if if you absolutely have to, because some exactly. people they just they just really want to. Make sure they're really light. Make sure you listen to your body, and don't worry about time at all. Throw that watch on the couch before you go out the door. Um, mm-hmm. Is that is that something too that you've you've had with with your athletes that you coach, and and how do you go about that conversation? Yeah. Um, most athletes will take that time off, but I do have an athlete who is, um, he's on a run streak where he's run for so many years every single day. So this break actually causes a lot of anxiety because he, he wants to keep running so that I'm, I understand the commitment he has to the streak, but I just say, no Garmin, put on the Timex or just like start the watch on your phone if you have to. And, you know, don't look at, don't look at pace and really like call it at like 20 minutes, like 20 minutes is perfect. Like, mm-hmm. or three miles if you really have to, but try not to really do much more than that, you know, and I'm, I'm fine if, you know, you're really committed to, to still running, but again, yeah, keep it light and, and nothing timed or, you know, pace oriented. And what you've said there really reminded me too of how important it is to base that when you start running off of your marathon, very much based on how hard the effort was. Mm-hmm. Because there are some people who uh, you think of like Dean Carnazes who ran 50 marathons in 50 days. And the reason he could do that is because he was running training pace for 50 mm-hmm. days. He wasn't running race pace. And if you're looking to do a long streak and you're not looking to run 
a incredible effort, like you're not going to go try to get your first Boston qualifier, then it may be a lot easier to start running after that. And so that's, mm-hmm. that's probably something important too, that we should mention. And if, if you've uh, run into, not just with your, uh, your athlete, who's a, who's a streaker as we call them in, yeah. <laughs> in the running world, um, but also to, uh, with, with others too. So if you're, you're getting into a marathon and you're doing this as a, you know, I just want to get one complete. I want to finish it, but I'm not mm-hmm. looking for time. Then you may be able to jump back into running a little quicker than somebody who's run a full out race effort. Yeah, I agree. And I've even, you know, coached athletes who they really want to run, you know, two marathons in a month. And the Mm -hmm. first marathon is kind of, they just want to do this, you know, activity with their friends. And the second one is where they're really trying to get after it or, or vice versa. So I, I do agree. You can, you will recover much quicker if it was just, we'll just call it a really long training run. But again, you were still on your feet for, you know, three to four hours. So you still, even if, you know, you have another one coming up soon, I still, you got to take that, that week after just really easy. Like mm-hmm. obviously you still run if you have another one coming up, but I still keep the runs at, you know, 30 minutes that week. Yeah. So cutting back that mileage and not worrying again about pace so much either. It's it's mm-hmm. more about time on feet and just kind of getting out there and, and getting going rather than getting a specific like training, uh, like a race in or a training effort in. And that's also, I think, a good thing, too, to think about is when we, we talk about getting back to running, you mentioned one week basically off and then one week of kind of active recovery, maybe mixing in some runs and then jumping in that third week. But in that third week, we're not talking about necessarily jumping straight into workouts. And by workout, no. we mean mm-hmm. like interval sessions or tempo sessions. This is just runs like base mileage kind of things, right? Yeah, absolutely. Even so you have those two weeks and then the third week is always just go out and run, you know, the, again, like simple base mileage. And then maybe the next week we add in one or two days of strides just to like, if it's four strides after your run, just to kind of flush out your legs. But again, I, I typically stick with nothing hard kind of for those three to four weeks after mm-hmm. the race. Like you just want to get back into it. And there's really normally no reason to rush afterwards. Like, Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. Like I said, sometimes I even have athletes wait three weeks before starting to to really get moving again and start doing actual like regular runs. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because I found with different athletes I've coached and to myself is sometimes you'll be three weeks out, you'll go for that first or second run. You'll look at the watch and you'll be like, oh my gosh, that's two and a half minutes slower than I normally run for pace <laughs> per mile. Yeah. And you're, you're freaking out. You're like, oh my gosh, I, I destroyed all my fitness by running a marathon. Have you had that experience? And then two, what do you tell people when they, when they have that kind of panic moment, when you have like a really just exhausted run that three weeks out from your marathon? Yeah. And I mean, I've definitely had that happen before Mm -hmm. where maybe you feel really good for the first week. And then that second week you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just feel miserable. Like all my runs are just awful. I'm like, it's, it's all part of the process. And having done 11 marathons, it happens like clockwork every time. So just ride it out. And again, like just don't look at the watch and just, and just think of it as just enjoying being out running and Mm -hmm. just know that the fitness is going to come back and there's really just no reason to rush it. And I think that's always the hard thing to trust is the fitness is it's, you you didn't kill it. It's still there. Even if you're tired, you're still recovering. And it's always easier to get back to a level of fitness once you've been there. So Mm -hmm. the work it took to get to whatever your peak marathon is, 
you've already put that in and your body remembers what that's like. So it's a lot easier to get back there. So even if you have a couple bad days in a row, a couple bad weeks in a row right after that marathon, it's still there and you're still going to be ready to go six months from now, five months from now, three months from now when you're running the next massive effort and go and getting your next PR. So I... I agree. I, I agree with you. And in the moment, though, it's just so hard to let that go and let it be. <laughs> it is. It is. And you're you're just like I can't believe I was so fit two yep. weeks ago, and now I feel like I'm like learning to walk again. And it always comes back. It does. Uh, this this makes me wonder too on on kind of a a side topic of this as we get, we get a little farther outside that one week window. Have you done anything with like Epsom salt baths and things like that? Do you find that to be a helpful way to refresh your legs? Yeah, I that's something I also use in in normal training. And again, I mean, I think all those little things can help if you have if if you can get to, you know, the massage, get a massage, or if you have a pair of Normatec boots or know somebody with yeah. one, just getting in to get the circulation. Again, all these things. They might be mental, but if they help you feel better and, you know, kind of give a little like energy back to your legs. I'm all for any of that kind of stuff. Well, and that's a good time to maybe break down just some of the normal recovery techniques that, that maybe you use and you, you suggest to other athletes too. Yeah. So the massage, the Norma tech, um, you know, ice baths, Epsom salts, really those are the, maybe getting in some, I'm not a huge stretcher, but getting in, um, like maybe a, a light yoga session or doing mm -hmm. something that you typically wouldn't do that always kind of helps bring some life back to the legs. I, I like all those. And then two, I would add even uh, light form drills I found to mm -hmm. be very helpful um, as well as kind of sometimes, especially as you get a few weeks out, doing some light speed play, not fart fartlicks in the traditional sense, but almost like a light stride after workouts. Just mm -hmm. sometimes that muscle confusion helps uh, the mus the slow twitch muscle fibers that you've really exhausted during a marathon helps them recover a little bit better, I found. And so that's, that's one thing mm -hmm. I like to start incorporating too, is making sure that you're doing just some light strides, six to eight of them after, after a few runs, like maybe twice a week, just to kind of engage some of those fast twitch fibers again. Yes, exactly. And I always find strides always, they might not feel good in the moment, but yeah. after you, after you do them, you're like, wow, my legs are, they just, they feel a lot lighter mm -hmm. and they have a little bit more pop in them. So I'm all about adding the strides back in, you know, maybe it's week three, four or five, just kind of gradually getting those back in. And then two, another one I like is, uh, either the foam rollers or a lot of those, uh, self massage machines too. Mm -hmm. I found those yeah. to be very helpful if you can't get into a masseuse or even just otherwise, I, I feel like you can really target the spots that you need to, to get a little bit of extra, uh, I guess help <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> by rolling exactly. them out or something like that with the <laughs> stick, with the roller, uh, maybe a, a tennis ball or something like that in the, in the right socket. And mm -hmm. then, uh, yeah, go from there. Those, those are some, some additional ones on, on top of what you've said with, with massage and Epsom salt and, uh, the, and actually we should probably explain the boots, uh, because that yeah. may not be something everyone's familiar with. Yeah. So they're essentially just kind of compression boots that, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like they circulate on a cycle, the different areas of your leg, just to kind of bring blood flow and circulation back. So, um, I've actually seen them a lot of times they have them at the marathon expos now 
where people can use them the day of, or they, they have them sometimes even the day after. And, and that's something that's super easy and relaxing because you just sit there for a half hour and it does the work for you. And I know that now these, these recovery rooms are popping up all over the country where you can spend, you know, $20 to go in and use the boots. So I think that that's a great idea. I mean, even if you just do it once, you know, the week after, if you don't have access to your own, I I think it is beneficial. I've never heard of this. What is a recovery room? Yeah, they're these funny, I've seen them. I think we have some in Boulder. And so a recovery room, they have, you know, five different sets of Normatec boots and they'll have a hot tub and a cold tub and, you know, all like the roll recovery and the normal rollers and the, um, now they have like those massage gun type things. Mm -hmm. So they really have, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's just a room full of all the recovery you could possibly want, (laughs) which is fun. It's a fun concept, I guess. It it (laughs) is. I like it. I'm sure for the non-runners, it looks like a torture chamber. Uh, Exactly. But, but, uh, (laughs) no, that sounds fantastic. And I, I love the, um, the gun was the massage gun was something that I was really skeptical at first on, mm-hmm. and I I went to a couple different running stores. I've used it a few times now, and I I really like that thing. Uh, yeah, I uh, agree. I, I and especially because you can change the settings depending on how how tender you are or just how much of a you know like I'm a wimp in some areas and I just can't turn it on very high. So it I I've really liked that and it's it's helped loosen me up. So I yeah I appreciate that thing. So when we're talking about the Normatec boots too, we're talking about compression. And that reminded me, uh, compression socks. Is mm-hmm. that is that something that that you suggest to people who are either during the race or after the race? Yeah, I would say um, after the race for sure. Especially mm-hmm. if you're going to get on a flight the day of or yes. the day after, get those socks on. And you might think like, oh, they're not doing much. Like, you know, I don't know if it helps that much. But you'll be surprised mm-hmm. on how, you know, less swollen your calves are going to be getting off the plane if you put those socks on, you know, before getting on. So I always do that. I had, you know, a 12 hour flight back from London and I wore those the whole way. And I really do think it helped, you know, keep the blood flow kind of going in my legs during that. I I agree with you. And then the only other thing I would add is make sure that you grab a a compression sock that's medical grade, not Mm -hmm. just the ones that claim to be compression socks, because there's a big difference between soccer socks that are just tall socks and a compression sock, and you want to get one that's actually compressing your leg in the right ways. So, mm-hmm. and, and I most, agree. And most of the companies that do those, I won't pitch anyone here, but most of the country, companies that do those also have sizes based on either your calf size or your foot size to help you mm-hmm. know which one is going to be the the right, I guess, constriction level for you. So yeah. that's, a, that's a good thing to keep in mind as well. I guess from there, so we've covered quite a wi- wide array of... Uh, recovery techniques from massage, the Epsom baths, ice baths, rolling out, maybe a, the special recovery rooms, uh, compression, yeah. <laughs> compression boots, compression socks, sleeping, eating right. Is there anything else that we're missing that we really need to key on in those weeks coming after the, the marathon? Yeah, I, I think also just really it just comes down to listening to your body and mm-hmm. and not rushing back into it. And again, don't just because your friends have started running after one week, if you don't feel ready to to start after a week, take two weeks, you know, just let your, the recovery is so specific to the person that you just can't really rush it. Yeah. I think that's, that's really good advice too, is to definitely listen to your body because mm-hmm. it'll, it'll tell you what you need to be doing and it, it may change from day to day. Marathon exactly. recovery is a super weird thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it it really a, is. And, and even as you said, you've run 11 and it's been different every time you've run one. 
And it so, has been, yes. So it's <laughs> it's not always easy to predict, and it it's not always cookie cutter. I think that's why having a coach is really really helpful to help you uh, to to help guide you through that process and make sure you're not second guessing yourself on on some of those big issues. And maybe that even circles me back to the beginning with one thing that you said in London this year is your preparation for the marathon was a was a little bit segmented and maybe not as good as it had been in previous marathons. Mm-hmm. And that that to me is the beginning of recovery is actually preparation. And exactly. The way in which you prepare for a marathon will a lot of times dictate the way in which you're going to end up recovering. So if you're doing all the right things in preparation, getting good base mileage, getting good sleep, getting good nutrition, and you're ready and fresh coming into the race, your outcomes following the race tend to be a lot better and you tend to have a lot shorter recovery time and your legs feel a lot more fresh and ready to go post-race as much as they can feel fresh and ready to go. Yeah, I agree. I agree. If, if you had like a, a buildup that, you know, you did all the right things, I think your recovery is going to look a little bit better after the race. You'll obviously mm-hmm. be sore, but I think that, you know, you will feel quite a bit better. So speaking of sore, maybe one last thing we should really cover on is, you know, what is normal after a marathon? Because I think a lot of people get concerned of how sore they feel or how mm-hmm. sore they don't feel. Uh, so based on your experience, what is it, what is a fairly normal post-race day after kind of feeling like in the last, that first week after? Yeah, I think it depends on if I've done a flat or a hilly race, but you know, after like a Boston or something, you know, your quads are going to be, and glutes are just going to feel pretty trashed. Even if you did so much downhill running in your, in your buildup, it's just, it's hard to replicate that exact feeling and at that specific pace. So you're going to feel really beat up. But you know, after about a week that should, or even a couple of days that'll subside, but you'll still have that, you know, achy, heavy feeling. And that's so, so normal. Like after a Boston, like you like going downstairs or like mm-hmm. sitting down into a chair, you know, all of those things are going to hurt. And that's so, so normal. And, you know, just expect, expect it going into the race. Just know that no matter how you prepare it afterwards, you're probably going to experience some of that soreness. So don't panic if, if you're just not feeling good at all, because it is very normal. Yeah. No. And I, I would echo those same, those same comments. I think that's something to expect. Be ready for it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have it too much, good for you. That's <laughs> exactly. You're very lucky if yeah. you don't. <laughs> yeah. And, and just because that's how it was your first marathon or second marathon doesn't mean that's how your third will be. So exactly. <laughs> just be ready. It, you could be feeling a, quite a bit achy and quite a bit creaky right after that marathon for that first week or so. But that's that's fairly normal as long as it's nothing where it's like shooting pain or stabbing pain. That mm-hmm. kind of stuff is stuff where it's probably worth going and seeing somebody to make sure everything's all right. But otherwise, it's pretty normal to be struggling to go up and down stairs, to sit down and get back up, uh, aching when you roll out of bed in the morning and your body telling you get lay back down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so but yeah, that's I think that's good advice and, and something to it's worth mentioning because I think a lot of people especially if you haven't done one before or if your first one went really well, it's easy to second guess that when you you just feel terrible coming off of one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that I think that gives us a pretty good full circle on the, the marathon first. It's about prep for the marathon, right? And the better you prep, the better you recover. In that first immediate window after the marathon, it's really about refueling. So rehydrating, getting the right nutrition balance back in you. If that's a sports drinks or just water, and then two, making sure you're grabbing fruits or, or the different energy bars and things that are there uh, provided to you by the race. Walking it out and staying moving in that first little bit afterward and avoiding massage. I know it's 
It's tempting, mm-hmm. as you said, but wait about three days before you hop in and go grab a massage. And then that evening, go get some good sleep and set yourself up for the rest of the week where you kind of ease back into it over that first week, maybe some active recovery that second week where you're doing some mix of running and cross training. Mm-hmm. And then probably, depending on how your body's feeling and what, what your coach is telling you, jump back into things quasi-regularly with just base miles week three, week four, before you start moving back into a normal training segment. Does that pretty mm-hmm. well cover things? Yeah, that's perfect. I just, yeah, kind of sums it all up. And again, just kind of take your time getting back in. There's no reason to rush to get it back into those interval sessions. You're going to have so many of those down the line. So just really just enjoy the getting back into things, I always say. Yeah. Well, Lindsay, I appreciate it. I think I think this is a good introduction for a lot of people who either are getting ready to run uh, their first marathon or just getting to ready, getting ready to run a marathon after this long kind of unknown period where races have been on hold and in this weird holding position for months and months. So Mm -hmm. hopefully we're getting back into the racing season and they'll be able to put these, uh, these ideas into practice. So thanks for joining me here, Lindsay. Yeah, of course it was fun and, and good luck to everybody with their marathon recovery. Once again, that's Lindsay Flanagan, 229 marathoner and coach at Rundoyan with some of her advice on how to best recover for a marathon. I hope you enjoyed this first inaugural edition of the Next Level Running Podcast, and you'll join me here again next month. Once again, I'm David Jankowski, and I will see you on the 26th. Thank you for joining us here on the Next Level Running Podcast, your source for training advice from the expert coaches at Run Doyen. If you're ready to take your training and racing to the next level, head over to rundoyan.com and get matched to your ideal coach who will provide you with the highly customized online training you need to start crushing your goals on race day.